You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right. Welcome back to our um, belated edition of Mountain Was uh, Connection Basketball Podcast. We're doing this Sunday night, so. We will be discussing the Saturday games for the Rams um, game winner versus Aztecs, our website, and more. MWCConnection.com. Always joined by Eli Butker, who knows more basketball than me, so he's the brains of the operation and is with us as well. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Let's, let's say this. You probably watch more basketball than me. That's fair. I, and you definitely watch more football than me, so so it equals out. <laughs> That's what we need, yes. That's yeah. exactly. So this is one of two. We'll have this podcast now. And we're going to record another one later. For, normally, it's me and Matt doing that, but they'll probably go up Monday, I'm assuming. So if you only listen to this, please listen to this to the next one. It's about March Fadness. We're not going to say anything <laughs> now about it. I've been struggling going through the picks today to make a decision of what some good songs. And let me I'll tell you this, or you probably the same thing. There's some pretty bad songs, right? There are some awful songs in there. And like it's, I don't know if I'm going to have more challenges filling out my actual March Madness bracket, or, or or the music one, but yeah, there was some there were some rough ones in there where I had I had to pick one, which was which was rough. And it made some bad songs go farther than they should have. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so we'll, if you listen to this, listen to the next one on the feed, and hopefully we'll have some fun just screwing around because it's the off season for football, and we have news we'll talk about next time. But basketball, we have a potential championship game next Saturday, which we'll get to next time, but. Colorado State, we'll start with them. They went 2-0 this week. They beat New Mexico, which the coveted rematch after the, um, what do you want to call that, uh, scrum? I don't know. What, I, what should we call what happened last time in hmm. January? There's got to be something clever, but I think for now it's just a shouting match kerfuffle? between players and coaches. Hey, there we go. Yeah, kerfuffle. That works. And nobody knows exactly what really started it. So Who knows? The Colorado State kerfuffle. We'll call it that. We'll call it that. They beat the Ed Lobos, who are still without Tim Williams. 68-56, and one notable thing about the game on Tuesday, as I mentioned before, if you've ever been to like a rodeo or outdoor event, they have those metal dividers, kind of like the, hey, go this way. Apparently, new policy, let's put those along the, uh, whoever the opposing team has a bus, let's kind of make a line dividing that from the bus, which probably does nothing if there's a fight to break out. Yeah, they'd, they'd be able to find a way. I don't know. There's... This is just for this game, though, right? I mean, no, I know they, the sportsmanship's they, been bad around, but... I think they started about a week after that game, or the next fall home game. Oh, okay. So, it, whatever, it happened, but... Okay, so we do we need to discuss UNLV right now? I, I guess we can. <laughs> do we have to? <laughs> I don't know if we have to. They're bad. I guess we can say that. Marvin Menzies is not holding back anything. <sighs> We least they have consistency, 58 points in the last two games. Yeah, combined loss, what, 80 points combined almost? <laughs> Let's difference. see, 23 and 36. 70? Yeah. 60? Yeah, fi- fi- let's see, 23 and, yeah, 23 and 36, so that's 59. Ouch, that's, that's bad. <laughs> it's funny during the game against Nevada, huge crowd, and I guess they had the 86-87 Final Four team. 
come out of halftime and uh Chris and Marie of the Reno Gazette's like, can those guys suit up for the second half? <laughs> oh, I was just thinking the same thing. Yeah, dude, I'm going to see those five play against these five. It's Okay, here's the thing. People complaining a little bit like, oh, Marvin Menzies, not the best coach, not the right fit. Here's the thing. If you had Chris Beard, if you had Bill Self, Roy Williams, Steve Alford, uh, Shaka Smart, they wouldn't be doing much better for this team. At, at best, they might be on the bubble. And you know what? They, maybe not even that because yeah. of the lost, overall strength of the conference. Yeah, they've lost ten of eleven games, or yeah, ten of eleven games. And it's because they lose so many players last year. We knew this issue, like the issue with uh, who was it, Derek Jones Jr. ACT scores, people transferring, people just going to the NBA, and it it will. I don't think it wouldn't matter if you had a better coach. What, what would you give them? Four wins, maybe with a better coach. That's fourteen. That's maybe five hundred, maybe. At best, I don't know. I don't. I don't think Menzies is a bad coach. I think he'll get the program turned around, but he just doesn't have a ton to work with right now. Yeah, and then like they're getting there's some close losses, like the Wyoming lost San Jose State a couple points, New Mexico, but then they lose to twenty to CSU. They've lost to Nevada now by combined what forty points because the last matchup was one hundred four seventy seven. Sixty three points, I want to say. Air, when, Air, when Air Force blows you out, something's wrong. <sighs> Ouch, that's bad. And and it's definitely a turn of the tide for Nevada fans now that they don't have to act like they're the little brother to UNLV. So that's exciting for them. But I hope the rivalry gets it. To, I hope the rivalry, um, it's, it's it's better in the next few years once UNLV rebuilds because Nevada's in good shape right now and that could be really entertaining and good for the conference. Okay, here's a question probably for if we do a couple off-season shows. Nevada, Eric Musselman's not long for Nevada. I, I'm pretty sure of that. Year if he's year two, wins the double double regular and conference tournament, goes to the NCAA tournament, and wins one game, he's gone. I'm assuming this year he'll be fighting another program if he wants to leave. If if Nevada wins a tournament game this year, yeah, let's just say they they win the they win the Mountainous tournament and the regular season, and they're twelve say they're eleven seed somehow and they beat whoever's a the six seed or something. I'm assuming he's gone to another program if he wants to leave. I, I would probably give him another year, honestly. Um, you don't think the M- the NBA stuff, people know what he's done? Well, who cares? It's only college. You've done it. You have did such a good turnaround, but you've done pretty good things NBA that will counteract from being at a uh, not a power program for just two years. It's true because he has a ton of experience at both levels. Um, you, you wouldn't assume that he'd go back to the NBA, though. You, you would think he stays oh. in college, right? I don't know. He seems like it, I think. He seems to like to be the teacher because you see all the motivational quotes he puts out on Twitter all the time, mm-hmm. whether it's something he learned himself from somewhere else. So it seems like he may like college more because because you don't teach the NBA. Very little time of teaching just because the schedule, it's so, the season's so long, maybe a little bit during, obviously, training camp and every now and then for specific schemes. But you're not really teaching or coaching. You're just out there calling plays that to out-scheme <laughs> the other team. So I don't know what he really likes, but it seems like he does like college, and maybe he likes Reno. It's a smaller town. It's a if this and then what he said the other day. Um, I should pull up here, but he like he's rooting for like he's asked about UNLV. Will they get back to where they need to be? And he's like he goes on a longer quote, but mentions about yeah non conference. We need to do better. I want every team to win as many games non conference. We need to schedule better. We need to well not just it wasn't just like a shot at UNLV, but we're scheduling better. But we need to win those games to not have what happened last year and this year where there's just a one-bid team. So it seems like he's more – I think he's more genuine at the college level. So 
I think his next job, if he does what I think he could do, because when Nevada's good, they're pretty good, and they have two NBA players on this roster. And so I think if they get an NCAA tournament win, I think schools that need a new coach will come offer him a good amount of money. But, again, he's been in the NBA. How much money does he really need? You know what I mean? Like, he yeah, may not care. True. Like, oh, I'm getting – I'm not sure he gets Nevada. Probably at least – I think it's 750 or something. Okay, I've done well, made money. Okay, 750 to a million, but I'm going to – a bad Big 12 program or something, you know what I mean, or a bad SEC program. I I think it's it's possible, but I think that just as a whole, maybe Eric Musselman isn't a guy that that seems like that he's that he's the right fit for a Power Six program right now, and that's only because he's not necessarily a huge name at the college level. Because there's that, yeah, that's the one yeah. thing against him, I think. Yeah, and and usually when you see these guys make them jump from mid major to a power power six program, they have at least three or four years of twenty five plus win seasons and, and multiple tournament bids. But then again, we saw it with Chris Beard at Little Rock. He had one really good year with with Little Rock, won a tournament game, and then went straight to well, not straight to because he I guess he stopped in he stopped in UNLV, but then he went straight to Big Twelve program in Texas Tech. So it's possible. I wouldn't be shocked, but I know that there are a lot of people out there that would not know who Eric Musselman's name is if he's coaching a Power Six program. Sure, because like let me pull up this. We didn't mean to make this the Nevada sad show or something, but like he's gonna get <laughs> where? I mean, I'm pull up right here. He's coached in what? I think Minnesota. He's coached Golden State, I want to say. No, no Kings. He's coached Memphis. He's coached uh, Sacramento. I didn't realize he was an assistant for four years. Arizona State two years, LSU a year, then Nevada. I didn't realize that. Hmm. I, didn't, I didn't know that either. I thought he went straight from NBA. From not coaching mm-hmm. to coaching, you know what I mean? Yeah. So he's mm-hmm. had a decent amount of and, – and the D-League as well. So from 2010 – like he hasn't been in NBA since 07, so it's been a while. So like these younger guys – probably don't know who he is you know what i mean like his dad was a pretty good coach as well if i'm correct on that he like yeah he coached golden state yeah he did coach golden state was assistant with memphis but he hasn't been nba since the kings in 07 when he replaced rick alderman so if you're an nba coach and you want and then you go to the d league that tells me you want to coach actual do coaching you know what i mean mm-hmm. so i'm a, i think it's college but he's been at like I said pac 12 sec it's I'm just thinking, like, I know Shaka, you're thinking, like, you want multiple wins. Like, Shaka's smart when he's at VCU. Multiple years of doing what he did, 20-plus wins, 24-plus wins. Or even then he followed with the Texas. Stu Moral, Utah State, was just a beast in the Big West. Still kept winning 20 games in the WAC. Finally retired, but he didn't get those jobs. But some maybe a guy likes to fit and likes Reno and knows the Mountain West is the program that it's it's at times been as good as the SEC or even the Big 12 and for overall for a few times in its history. Mm-hmm. So maybe I, I think that yeah, I think that it's possible for this year, but you have to look at the roster that Musselman inherited and that's that's partly due to his own ability because he was it was able to entice Marshall and and Fenner to both transfer into the program, not Fenner, uh, Caroline. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is an experienced team and he's had success with, but I think if Nevada continues in the trend that they're currently going, I think he's probably gone within a year or two. And that's, and that's to a power six school because this guy has experience with the game of basketball. He knows how to get players to the NBA. He's, ex- he has experience mm-hmm. with a lot of NBA players. I can't name them off the top of my head, but, but he just knows the game of basketball well. So that will definitely help 
a Power 6 program in the next few years, but hopefully he can make make the most of Nevada while he's still here. So Yeah, because you got Cameron Oliver, who what he, did he declare last year, then came back. Yes. Mm-hmm. And CBS Sports, I'm trying to find it here. They did a top 100? They just updated, but there there's a guy in the top – no top I don't remember. Maybe it's top 60. I forget what it was. But they had not Cameron Oliver like at 35, I believe it was. So they te- – like it was Howard Megdale. I'm trying to find it real quick. Maybe he updated, but they had, they didn't have Oliver, but they had – shoot. I don't recall off the top of my head, but they had two – basically they have two NBA players on this team. And keeping them around is a big deal. And so would Oliver stay again? Because he tried last year – came back would he do the same thing again i don't know because last time i tried to guess with one of these mountain west players it was james webb last year who was yeah. a junior and i thought he was he made the right decision testing the scouts and seeing where he stood as far as draft stock and i thought he was going to pull back and then got the news that he was headed to the nba so that was that was surprising i think oliver is a better pro prospect than webb is he seems much more balanced on both offensive and defensive Oh, yeah, Mark, ends. here it is. So. Yeah, Marcus Marshall. CBS okay. has him as 30. He's a senior, so not next year. But there are latest updated rankings from, at least from last time, from three weeks ago. He's 36 prospects. So they have a fridge first-round pick in Oliver who likely would be in NBA within two years. So this is the year if they're going to make a run because they have talent there. It's just, like I said before, and I still believe this, whether it's San Diego State – even CSU right now, the way they're playing so well, Boise State can do it too. If they put a run together, I don't – seeing the Mountain West champion, whoever goes to the tournament, that team can win a game, I think. I think so too. There's there's a ton of talent in this conference, and I mentioned that on Twitter this week, how if when, when we look at the first and second team all Mountain West at the end of the year – most people would think, how is this conference only getting one tournament or one team into the tournament? Because there's just so much talent in the conference, and I think if they find the right matchup, then it's it's definitely a possibility that one of these teams could win a tournament game. All right, we'll see. We'll get ahead of that. We'll get back to this next show and everything. So a couple of results. Get back to the games. Some games really quick. There of note: Nevada beat Boise State 85-77, which Boise State is essentially out for the conference title. I'm assuming. Because right now you got point point six percent chance of winning according to team rankings. So mm-hmm. so they would need a lot of luck. They would need because right now they're one game behind. So basically they would need. Have they split with Nevada or CSU or do you have that offhand? Uh, they they won the first game against CSU. No, sorry, they they won both games against CSU. They lost both games against Nevada. So if they're going to win the title, they want um, to finish with the same record as CSU. Then they get yes. the tiebreaker. So. But then I think they still give co-champs. So there's a chance, but it's probably Nevada CSU. But they lost to Nevada the other day, and it wasn't – like we, we joked about um, Nick Duncan. Did he listen or something? He had 19 points, five to six from three. <laughs> he put <laughs> it together. Lost. I don't know. This is, his, this is his encore. This is his last go-around, so I hope he can can pick it up. Maybe he's on a little bit because, yeah, what did he have? What was he shooting, like 13% or something for like four games in a row? Something pretty awful. Uh, it was it was a little bit more than that. I think it was six or seven. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he did that versus Nevada. Two or seven, man, eh, it's okay. Only seven points, but if he gets going, but the big game, like if you didn't watch this game, it was on CBS CSU versus uh, San Diego State. They stormed the court. 
I don't care. Do that. That's fine. Do you care? Do you have, do you have a hard line opinion on Storm of the Court? <laughs> well, I get so many opinions tossed at me. My deal with it is if you hit a game-winning shot, no matter who the team is, I don't really care. If you want to storm the court, cool. It's it's going to be a crazy atmosphere anyways. But if it's like, it, say, CSU was up 12 over San Diego State and, and they won, then I don't I don't think that warrants us. A storming of the court, but I mean, buzzer beaters, like any, number, anything goes. Yeah, unless it's like the number one team or something, or yeah, a like, good team. Yeah, yeah. This, this is a, and the Rams. Here's the thing too: Aztecs had this game in hand too. They're up twelve at the half. They're obviously outscored by thirteen in the second half. They only scored twenty-two points in the second half. It's the same old story with this team. They start off hot, then they cool down towards halftime. They they heat up again. They can't hold the lead, which is just absurd based on the record that SDSU carried for so many years holding that five minute lead. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. And this was again, like they could just slowly, because it's not like the Rams were playing amazing. They only shot 31% from the field. <laughs> seven. of This is, this is a Nick Duncan stat line, seven of 30 <laughs> from three point range. <laughs> Those, there were a lot. Yeah. There were a lot of misses in this game, but Aztecs were not much better. Seven twenty two. They only shot seven free throws. They were out. Aztecs rarely get out rebounded. They're out rebounded by eight, and especially six on the offensive board. They just couldn't. They couldn't find the bucket. It's like you said, it's the same little thing. They play good defense. Like giving up thirty-five points and a half, that's okay. Not terrible, not great, but can your offense match that ever? It's it's the thing with with CSU with how they play though. The their goal is to just muck up the game they're they're a good defensive team and they have two good scores in Clavel and Amagbo but if if they're able to force a team out of their comfort zone then they usually have a chance to win and that's exactly what happened in the second half against SDSU yeah because Pope was 4 of 11 Hemsley 3 of 10 4 of 14 for Trey Cal so and they're in the game like they just Aztecs weren't giving up they just couldn't find a bucket and then they found that game winning shot at the end that was it was a bank and correct from three right it was a bank, yeah. It uh, it was crazy because Omagbo had an opening. It's, it's, I think it was maybe Carvacho who took the inbounds pass, drove to the basket, had an open lane to tie it, and then he kicked it out to Omagbo who was originally open. open. Yeah, and then he pump faked twice, and then eventually just chucked it. And I, I did not for a second think he was going to make it because how often do you see an off-balance hesitation three-pointer at the buzzer go in? But that's that's exactly what happened. Yeah, that that's a huge win for the Rams because, like we said, like oh, they're never going to win the title. They had seven players they played all today. They they went or yesterday and they got five points and they both played good minutes. But it's this is what they need if they're going to do the, a tournament run. This is you. They're not going to tighten the bench up any more than this. So they're used to playing so many minutes. So it's not like oh, I'm tired. I'm playing five more minutes a game when they're playing game two or three in the Mountain West Conference tournament. They're fine. They've been doing this all year long. It's it's a perfect setup because they don't like you said they don't have to switch the rotation at all. You'll see other teams that will give like you said maybe three to five more minutes to their starters, but CSU can just play their normal normal status and they have Clavel and Amagbo and Nixon. They're all playing really good basketball, and so that's a very very dangerous team who we all wrote off just about a month ago. Yeah, we we did, and they've won nine of ten. They had the one loss to Boise, which was a. Uh unfortunate home loss and only by three points and so it man they're do we have do you have the team ranking stuff for a bit right now what do they put the rams yes. chances are of winning the conference tournament 
winning the conference tournament, they're at eleven point two percent. So that's it's not as high as most would think. Nevada's at thirty five percent. San Diego State's eighteen, which is a little surprising, and Boise's at fourteen. So it's it's wide open. Because San, San Diego State was playing well up until this game. Like okay, it's not a bad loss. Just kind of how you lost when you blew a double digit lead. But they've lost two in a row now. They lost to Fresno at home as well. That was the game earlier this week. I watched a good amount of that. But, okay, losing to Fresno at Save Mart's not a big deal. Losing to them at Vejas, something's wrong. I, I think the way with what's up with SDSU right now is not the games that they're losing. It's how they're losing them. I mean, a loss to Fresno I, I, at home, I get it. Um, on the road against Colorado State, this is a conference that's traditionally known as as a tough tough place to win on the road. So it, it's just the blown leads towards the end of the games. That's what's getting SDSU. So it's just draining for SDSU fans when their team can't hold on to these late leads like they're used to. Do I know something interesting? I'm pulling up their team field goal percentage. You think it's pretty terrible. It's not great. It's 42.4%. This is actually higher than last year's team and higher than the t- year before the 20. Um, shoot. The uh, ah, stupid ESPN. The year before, 24 is higher than 2014 2015 team. Or didn't they, and that team won the NCAA? Didn't they go to Sweet 16 that year with Winston Shepard? Uh, they, they won the first game against St. John's and then they were knocked out by Duke. Yeah, they shot that. They shot that team. Shot worse than this current team, both free throw and field goal percentage wise. So is it more the defense this year a little bit? Not the definitely, shooting, yeah, yeah, because their shooting's not much better. Obviously, forty two and a half percent. But I think I think the defense there's something up where it's just not. Like you said, they had that was a hundred game winning streak when they're up up with five minute with a minute left or something. Or I, what, yeah, I want to say it was like a hundred thirty something. Yeah. And then they blow a double digit lead to the Rams. If if anytime the Aztecs are up ten, I'm assuming they're gonna win no matter what. If there's if there's at least um at the half and they're up by ten, I would bet anything they're gonna win finish off this game and win it. It might be close, they might get within five points, but I would nearly bet anything if they're if you're able to do so, which you probably can somewhere. I would always take the Aztecs <laughs> to win that game. It, it's weird. I, I think that the the deal with with this team is that like you said, their their shooting percentages are better this year, even slightly. Barely, but yeah. Yeah, the last three or four years, this was a top 10 defensive team in the nation, and they're right around 50 right now. So they, they used to be able to win the games where it's just 65-60 or, or maybe in the high 50s, but they're unable to do that this season because their defense hasn't been – and it's it's been good, but it hasn't been elite oh, like yeah. it like it used to be. Yeah. So with them giving that high – why would you think they'd have that high of a percentage to win the tournament from team rankings? What do they know that we're not looking at? I don't know team rankings is algorithms, but it, maybe it has to do something with where they're slotted in the preseason. I know that preseason rankings, wherever you look, Ken Palm or Massey or Sager and all these places, they, they carry a weight because these these people that grade these teams to start the years, they like to use the, those ratings as part of their, their final ratings, if that makes sense, because yeah. there's no collective data. So this is basically just opinionated which which can help with rankings i think that's the only thing it's probably prior success because statistically san diego state isn't better off than boise state or colorado state right now so so that's that's my guess 
Yeah, I'm trying to find. Oh, I don't have. Oh, here it is. Now I finally found the future odds. Yeah, it's because they're project to see the tournament's not set. They're they're going to get a buy. Boise State clinched a buy, so they should be playing. Because I'm trying to pull the Sandy here, but what are they going to be a four seed? San Diego State. Yeah, they should be a six seed, oh, and six then seed. they would play UNLV, which is essentially a buy. Yeah, you would. And, and then they would, and then they would play Boise. So yeah, they're not going to get a buy because it's top four get a buy or top five. Top five. Mm-hmm. There's a chance they could because New Mexico's nine and eight. Aztecs have two games; they have one, so they could get sneak in there. But it, man, I, I guess if here's the thing, I think they'd rather want to be a six seed. Who would you who would you rather play? Because the top three's set. Like, who do you think San Diego State matches up best with? Is it Boise State maybe, or CSU because low scoring game from this weekend? I think I think CSU is probably pretty firm as one of the top two teams, so mm-hmm. they wouldn't play them in that first uh, what non quarterfinal game. Yeah. But I would probably say SCSU matches up better with probably with Boise because if you can force Boise out to the perimeter and if they, if they take some three pointers that they don't fall, that that that's usually the decisions. And we've seen San Diego State and Boise State games in the past where both teams really struggle to shoot, and then it's anyone's game. And I think that favors the Aztecs more than it does the Broncos. Yeah, because with Nick Duncan, he's their key three-point shooter, or at least one of mm-hmm. them. They, they only played once this year, and it was the 78-66 Boise win. So. But you're right, if, if Nick Duncan doesn't step up and score 10 points, that could be the difference there. So, All right, so let's look forward a little quick to next week because we have – Every team, but I think one has placed twice next week because New Mexico has already played 17 games. Tournament starts next week and a half, man. Jeez. Already? Close. West Coast? Close. Tur- I think. Uh, was it A-Sun? A- A-Sun What's that? Doesn't the A-Sun start this week? Yes, tomorrow, I think. Ooh. Get ready for bracket week. Oh, yeah. And uh, first Mountain West game is at 11 a.m. on Wednesday. So that's the 8-9. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Could be what San Jose State and Utah State. That could be a decent game, I guess. Yeah, we'll see. Could potentially be, but I if there wasn't that freaking NASCAR race down there, I'd be down there for sure to check the semis and finals because that tournament's always oh, nice. Yeah. But stupid. Oh yeah. Oh, NASCAR. You got the Pac-12 <laughs> tournament there. The West Coast Conference tournament finished up. The WAC tournament's down there as well. Just have every tournament in Vegas. Is that what we should do? Yeah, I mean that would just turn the whole city into this college basketball atmosphere. That'd be pretty fun. They got about four arenas, and if they have the new football stadium, you could split that in half and two more. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the college basketball is used to playing in in those football arenas, so why not? Final Four and the new Raider Stadium, right? Is that what we're looking at? <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> that would be amazing! Be Final Four in Las Vegas, that'd be great. Yeah, but here's what we got this week: got a couple interesting games. Obviously, we got Tuesday, Wednesday. They're both split with uh, two and three games. The games we need to watch. You got Fresno and Boise State. The reason that's important, obviously, we both know Boise could still maybe get a one seed, perhaps. And it's at home, so they should beat Fresno. Because Fresno's dropped off a little bit. So, like we were saying, they're a dark horse. Probably not so much anymore. Yeah, they struggle on the road, and they're excellent at home. And this one's in Boise, so, so they could struggle. And I think that the freshmen are really stepping up for BSU, so that's that's huge for them. And then the big big game, which Wyoming mean at CSU, obviously the border war. Rams need to win to keep pace with Nevada. And Wyoming mean there, yeah, I think the Rams should win that one. That shouldn't be too difficult. I th- yeah, I, I agree. I, they, they'll make Wyoming shooters cool down a little bit, so they should definitely win that one. And if, are these games, the uh, Boise games at CBS, the next one I think it's on probably Mountain West Network, so 
find out if you can, I guess. <laughs> I mean, good luck. <laughs> Go to themw.com. You can find stuff there. And then the only big game, I guess, the tomorrow on Wednesday or the next day, Wednesday, March first, none. Actually, no. Nevada at San Jose State could be interesting because Spartans have won seven conference games. What seven. a year! That's that's impressive. And that's that's really impressive. So maybe they can upset Nevada. I don't see it happening, but that could change a lot of things for the Mountain West tournament if they do. Oh, for sure. That would prob that likely mean. Well, I guess it would really change the Rams. Probably get their board seed no matter what. So let me ask you this: Is Dave Wojcik coach of the year if they get to whatever? It that doesn't matter. Should he be coach of the year? <laughs> well, in the eyes of CSU fans, definitely not. They no, want to say Eustachius, but. Uh, I, w- I would say so. I mean, San Jose State, they've been so awful the last three years, and no one expected them to win seven or more conference games. So And their best player I, I, I would, last year. Yeah, definitely. I, I think I would pick Wojcik right now if I had a, if I had a ballot. And probably, it'll probably go to Eustachie, but I think he'd be a second-place finish for sure. Yeah, I think that's only because how often do you see a coach of the year for a team that's not even the top half of the conference, so... I, I would I would guess it's Eustachy, but my my vote would go to Wojcik. Yeah. All right then. That's all we got. Really got Air Force, San Diego State, whatever. Utah State, UNLV. Yeah. <laughs> it's on ESPNU, so if you're up late, that's a eight o'clock Pacific time. And then I'm not sure what we're doing our next show, so let's go ahead to Saturday really quick. So we'll talk about those because right now the CSU Nevada matchup is on ESPN three. Man, that's that's rough. <laughs> That's I, rough. That's a big game, winner take all. Could potentially, yeah. It. I don't know if they could change that or if they'd stick. I have they been sticking a lot of games on ESPN News for basketball. I know the American does a lot for football. Mm, I don't see many. It's usually like in the case yesterday with the Purdue game. If, if there's a game that's yeah overflow, if the game's running late, they'll stick it on ESPN News. Because I know in football, the American has had a lot of more games on ESPN News. So one, maybe they can stick it there, especially if it's for a title. It's a Saturday afternoon. I don't know, but it's a yeah, it's a bad time slot though because that's when you have the the primetime ESPN games. So there's mm-hmm. it's not likely that you'll see the Mountain West Mountain West game on one of the major cable networks at five o'clock. So I they think if like if it's ESPN News, that's close to, better than ESPN three, right? I ESPN three works for me because I just stream it. But yeah, I don't know. I, I'd like to see it on a big big team. Yeah, but also March fourth, you have the West Coast Conference tournament. So Gonzaga is going to be playing. The St. Mary's is going to be playing. So that's another issue. I'm trying to see right now what games are on at the moment because not everything is decided. Let's see. So right now you have at the, around that same time slot, you have Washington State at UCLA ESPNU. Um, <laughs> South Carolina, Ole Miss, SEC Network. There's not that many good games Saturday afternoon night, so I'm not sure what's going on. Even earlier... Like, they have all the 4 p.m. Eastern games at Kansas, Oklahoma State, Oregon, Oregon State, a couple of those games, but nothing really evening. There's not many late games. Like, the last game, it says 8.30 Eastern. That can't be right, can it? Uh, I have – yeah, that's what I have, which is – or I have – let's see. There is TCU, Oklahoma, and oh, News. That's interesting. At noon, I don't see anything o'clock. for 5 o'clock, though. The Kansas and Oregon games Four, would early. end yeah, – yeah, would end right around 5 o'clock. Yeah, for maybe. for my time. Yeah, so it'd be like, if it, what time is that game? Six East, or it basically two hour time, so I'd have to give it a little bit of break. But there's that's weird. I guess they don't have. Maybe they're holding off because the uh, 
They don't have Gonzaga listed here or BYU, and they're playing the West Coast tournament. Those teams are they start on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Oh, they had the BYU game. Maybe it's not a buy. I don't know. It's it look, to me, it looks like there's room. Unless it, it looks like unless there's a women's game, there could be oh, a women's go. game Duke, around that time. Duke UNC. There we go. That's it. Oh, five fifteen. Yeah, five fifteen Pacific ESPN. Unless there's a big women's game or they're going to stay Gonzaga on ESPN2 for the first one. Because I know the West Coast games, a lot of them are like on Root Sports, BYU TV, Comcast, West Coast, or whatever. Find a spot. All we're saying is find a spot, ESPN. Find a spot. If you have cable, you should be in good shape. Yeah, if you got streaming, put on your Chromecast, Roku, uh, Apple TV. Um, does it sling now do ESPN3 access? I have no idea. I've, I've never <laughs> used that before. <laughs> Just wondering, so it's out there, but that's only real. Like after that, you got there's nothing really else important going on. Do you think out of those Saturday games, we may talk about these again. We will talk about these more because we'll probably podcast earlier in the week. But there's no other well, big. Yeah, games then we have there. a bracket, so then we'll just be able to preview the bracket. So it'll it'll be interesting. I want to I want to see how that Nevada Colorado State game goes though, well, because actually, there might be a rematch. True, in a couple weeks. Well, no, I guess another big game, San Diego State, New Mexico, for that bye could be in play. Mm-hmm. Because New Mexico, that's they're off until Saturday, and so that could that could be a game to watch. And that game's always pretty good. And then we may know more about Tim Williams if he's gonna play it all. So that's what we got. So let's look. What is bracket? What is your what is your bracket have right now for Mountain West? You usually go to champion. Who's at your top right now? <laughs> so I have Nevada as a 12 seed right now, okay. and on Bracket Matrix, they have Nevada as a 12. They're in 95 of the 98 brackets. As of this morning, I want to say today is the twenty sixth. Yeah, that's this morning. So it's and they'd be probably they have them as the top twelve seed. So if we go by that margin, they'd be playing a hot Minnesota team. So great. Yeah, yeah, that's rough. But (laughs) that's uh, what you want to see. No man, it's a it's a five twelve. So you never know what could happen. I'm not too sold on this Purdue team. So if they match up, that that would be. I am hoping. Matchup. I am hoping. Because the games are in Salt Lake this year, so I'm hoping there's uh, maybe Mountain West team I'll get uh, hook up, get credentials, and he- head out to one of those games, and hopefully that's the case. And it's a time slot where I can m- go and not miss work or something. So cause I, I, went, I went the... last year. Last time I was there was Nevada. New Mexico losing to freaking Harvard. Oh yeah, right. Listening to the beat writers in the post game, a couple. Well, people are like, crap, I didn't even bring clothes for another day. I thought we'd be heading home tonight or in the morning. <laughs> oh, man. And that was also where Gonzaga nearly lost their number one seed as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so it would it would be really big if uh, Nevada could, or, or any other Mountain West team could end up in Salt Lake City, especially if they're playing a team from the, from the East Coast because you have West Virginia, Notre Dame, Virginia, all those other teams that would have to travel a, a good amount, like 1,500 miles or so just to get to Salt Lake. So that's always beneficial. And Reno's, uh, I've driven from Salt Lake to San Francisco. Reno's halfway, so it's only about a six-hour drive. It's not too bad. So that's a reasonable thing. And then we got the NIT, probably four teams in there. One thing to watch out with that, like we said, regular season champions who don't win their conference tournament get in no matter what. And last year there was, I think, 11. So like with the A-Sun, the WAC, uh, the SWAC, those tournaments, the um, find out if you're a team like not necessarily CSU, but maybe San Diego State. Look out for those you want to go to a better tournament because they're going to turn down CBI, CAT most likely. Like if you're San Diego State, you're not going to do that stuff. So watch you, you're rooting for the favorites to win from these lower tournaments if you want to go to the NIT because you're not going to say no to the NIT. So I, I have one question about this. I'm not 
100% sure, but say uh, Colorado State and Nevada tie for the Mountain West title, mm. their co-champs, and then say Boise or San Diego State ends up winning, is that two auto bids to the NIT? I would say no. I'm assuming they'd go by a tiebreaker. Okay. Because I think in basketball they just say your co-champs, and then they go by seeding after that. Mm. So I could look into it, but I'm assuming they'd be tiebreakers. That's kind of unfair for two auto bids to get in. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And so, yeah, it's that's what I'm thinking. So they'd go tiebreaker. Because also remember, the Ivy League also now is a four-team tournament as well, so whoever wins that league could sneak in here as well. I guess it really out. wouldn't matter that much. So be, I mean, if the top two teams in the conference tie, I mean, both of those would definitely go to the NIT. So I guess it, it wouldn't really matter yeah. a ton. I'm assuming because right now they you wrote up a piece they have four, and right now you have New Mexico four seed versus Texas Tech would be interesting. CSU is eight, so Colorado State they'd want to get to that champion spot. San Diego State six as well. Well, as high as they can, they got Boise at two. I'm assuming CSU and, Bo- and San Diego State are teams that want to make sure the favorites win. But if CSU wins to share the title, but don't win the tournament, I'm assuming they're going to go there no matter what. Because that makes sense. Like if they, well, I guess your point is if, say, it's a tie for number one, but, say, Fresno wins the tournament or something, mm-hmm. right? Something like that. Not one of those two teams. Like team number three wins, right? Is that what you're getting at? Yeah, yeah. But I, I they would both get in, I'm assuming. Yeah. If NYC brackets, and they're usually pretty good with their their yeah. uh, NIT brackets. So they, they would get in regardless. So let me ask you this. Big topic from last night's game. Is UCLA a one seed? <laughs> no, no, they're not a one seed. So I, that, I, that game didn't matter last night for BYU beating Gonzaga at all. It, it matters. Uh, How it, much, it hurts Gonzaga a little bit. I, I think that I want to say there was a tweet from Bracket Matrix last night and said I think 16 of the 21 new brackets still had Gonzaga on the one line, but it's weird when you hear these ESPN announcers and I, I, I like Jay Billis. I think he's really intelligent. But mm-hmm. he had, he kept saying last night, "How could you keep UCLA off the one line uh, when their when their offense is so good and their defense is improving?" It's like, well, that's not what they're talking about. What they're talking about is the teams beat, that you beat you in December. Yeah, what your RPI is, what you rank in the computers, all that. It doesn't really matter if you have Lonzo Ball or so. It it it'll be interesting. They'll be a, a top seed, but but not on the one line. Cause you stick a, um, you put out a tweet last night about the comparing the two teams. It's, to me, it seems not even close between Gonzaga, between Gonzaga and UCLA. Yeah, yeah. Cause you have like RPIs close enough. SOS is nearly the same, which is interesting with the conferences they play in. And then you got the uh, what else was on there? Just a, I don't know. You got two losses, two more losses. But if you're in the Pac-12, I think that's gonna hurt them because you should not have a worse schedule than Gonzaga, a West Coast Conference team. There it's I, I saw some tweets from maybe it was Rob Doster from NBC Sports, but but so many guys last night immediately slotted UCLA in the one scene. You know, everyone gets with their hot takes and whatever. Yeah. But UCLA had ranked I want to say 270th in non-conference strength of schedule, and they they beat Kentucky on the road. But I mean, that's awful. And when you're in the Pac-12 mm-hmm. and, and a top-heavy Pac-12 too, with maybe two other Final Four teams. Your, your strength of schedule shouldn't be worse than a Gonzaga team that plays in a, a, a pretty bad West Coast Conference this year. Yeah, so multiple, that will hold them back. Yeah, multiple 220 or 200 worst teams, RPI. Yeah. Like the rest of, yeah, like I said, SOS is barely the same. Like, looking really quick, I know this isn't UCLA-Gonzaga talk, but their 
according to a CBS, I think this is the official NCAA RPI and schedule. Non-conference um, schedule for UCLA, two fifty-two. Ouch! That's that's really bad. That's that's not that, a one. That's not one seed worthy. No matter no, who you beat. No, it's like yeah, they they don't have any bad losses, but like they're playing California Riverside, Santa Barbara, Northridge, all these California teams. Mm-hmm. Long Beach State, Pacific, at home too. Portland, yeah, Portland, Northridge, Western Michigan, San Diego. It's like, come on. So I, I, my point was, it means nothing to either team, Gonzaga, UCLA, or BYU. I think they're basically the exact, almost, almost exact same spot. No significant difference. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to make a new bracket for tomorrow morning with all the stuff that happened this weekend. But I, I would. I would venture to say I keep Gonzaga on the one line. It, it changes a little bit, but not not a ton. They're also beating teams by almost thirty points a game. So, There's... and the computers love them. They're almost unanimous one for all of the different computer rankings. Excellent. All right, so that's our show for this time. We have to wrap this up to go to our other podcast momentarily. <laughs> March fatness is upon us. So check out our other podcast as well. Our other uh, show also. It'll be after this. Basketball fans will get this up tonight. Next one, I'll probably spread it out until Monday morning, maybe Tuesday. We'll see what time I have. But, yeah, thanks for listening. And basketball see March, we're almost here to March. It's We can almost say this is March, right? Almost. So close. We're so, so close. Can't so wait. We'll, we'll, we'll be back next week. We'll probably do a Thursday, chat about some of these other games a little bit. We'll see what's going on around the basketball landscape mix up there. But thank you for joining us, Eli, as always. Check him out. Um crap was it bedker underscore eli is that correct? yep that's right yep we'll put that in the timeline because his name spelled differently just like moss not the same you would think but <laughs> subscribe to our show give us a review on stitcher give us a review on itunes even if it's here's what i always say if you hate the show but you're listening thank you of course <laughs> give us five stars no matter what but in the comments say what you want i think that's fair my, my favorite is i hate your show i've listened to the last five shows and said so, well wait a minute <laughs> wait wait a minute <laughs> Hey, Wait a minute! If you listen, yeah. If if you're listening, yeah, keep it up. We enjoy it. We enjoy the downloads, listen. It's like the show. Um, what was that musical on NBC? Smash. People just watched it to make fun of it from a couple of years oh, ago. I don't know, but it that was, sounds like fun. Yeah, it was just some show about a musical Broadway, but people. I think it went around for like two seasons, so about there maybe thirty episodes. But people watched it just to hate watch. So if you hate listen, <laughs> we appreciate that as well. So. Again, mwcconnection.com, you know, Blog Talk Radio, Stitcher, iTunes, that's our stuff. So, and of course, we're biased against your team, and we'll see you next week to talk some.